week on Two Girls, One Podcast. Use this one simple trick to get rich slowly. Spend months learning market patterns and finance jargon. Make costly mistakes and then you too can triple your $18 position. When you really think about it, the true return on this investment is the friends we made along the way. And now here are the podcast hosts who wouldn't know a short sale from a short stack. Allison Goldberg and Lindsay Ford. Hello, and welcome to Two Girls, One Podcast. I'm Lindsay. I'm Allie. And Lindsay, you just went through so many things in that intro. I know. I know. I don't know. Are you okay? What's happening over there? (laughs) I don't know. I was like feeling kind of like spooky, but spooky season's over. Now we're in like, you know, gather season where everybody tries to gather. gather season? Yeah, uh, like for Thanksgiving, they gather. Do. Yeah, mm. they collect every sign in Target or whatever that says "gather," and they just <laughs> really? put it all over their house for the yeah. month of November. Yes, yes, really it's a fact. Funny. Yeah, so kind there's spooky season, that. there's gather season, and then there's Christmas season. What about live, laugh, love season? Oh, no, God. don't you ever That's fucking all do year that in Venice. No, all I'm just kidding. Year. I'm just kidding. <laughs> People, live, laugh, oh, love man. as much as you want. Just don't talk about it. Just don't put a sign in your room. <laughs> don't yeah. put the you sign. Know. Yeah. Just word it differently. You know what I mean? <laughs> the laugh, laughing, crying emoji. A picture of someone just running. That's the live part. Live, oh, yeah. I was going to ask the live. Right. So running, cr- yeah, laughing, running. and then heart. And then Wait, heart. So we are doing better by doing it only in emojis because I just don't know if that's true. <laughs> Truly, we are not. But speaking of emojis, how about them dollar signs? Oh, I should have had a cash register sound. How did I do? Pretty good. good. Ching, 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 ching. Cash is, is alluding to cash our... Cash moves everything around me. That's not the lyric. That's not it. <laughs> what is it? <laughs> <laughs> It's cash rules everything oh, around me. Yeah, yeah, that makes more sense. That makes more sense. Damn. <laughs> I'm now I'm like, how Damn many it. rap lyrics were being misquoted before I joined this shit? But here's the thing. We did 40 episodes about hip hop. We have no clue what we were doing. I also misquote most things. It's pretty dangerous. <laughs> That's I haven't true. said it in a while, but fact check everything I say on this podcast. Allie was alluding to the fact that our guest today is all about the money. No, I'm just kidding. But not really. Kind of. But yes. Basically, (laughs) friends, we are as competent with financial advice as we are with the opening of this show. (laughs) (laughs) All right, my friends. There is a private paid Discord group where people, amateur investors are sharing tips and making that dough yeah and helping each other make the money or i guess trying to help I like i'm sure they many... lose a lot of money too yeah though. i think that happens as well but i think That's they're doing scary. well and it's like really growing and i think it's fascinating as a as a model for a well-moderated group you know that mm-hmm. like 
is growing but has its shit under control. And of all the groups, of all the topics, uh, you know, stock bros tend to be, uh, you know, a little... Uh not a little broy on the internet, and and this is not mm-hmm. the case. Matt yeah, coming cause... in with the bros tend to be bros line. <laughs> bros be broing. Oh y'all, we forgot mm-hmm. to tell you Matt was here. Hey Matt. Oh, oh hey he's hey here. hey. He's your, here. Speaking your of na- bros, friendly neighborhood bros. Yeah. Speaking yeah. of bros, you're not really a bro. Bros knows, but you're a video game geek. That's for sure. That is true. That is yeah. true. Yeah. Oh, you know what? I think it's fun. The number of food words that actually mean money. <gasps> tell me. Tell me. Dough, mm. bacon, bread, bread, cabbage, cheese. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's really interesting. I mean, no, that, I made one, that one up. <laughs> that one's not it. One of these Let's things is not like the other. Dough, bread, uh, you just did cheese. trivia. You just said which of these are real, and and one of them's fake. <gasps> yeah, we did it. Is that done. our segue trivia's into done? trivia? Oh, great! Trivia is done. Legally, well, legally, it's time for you our have guest. fulfilled. <laughs> it's time for our guest. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do have more. If if you're interested, I know Lindsay's in my corner. Lindsay's she wants interested. some trivia. I'll sit down. I Lindsay love trivia, it. and I finally got one, so I'm excited. Yeah, congratulations! Well, now Lindsay, pressure's on. Are you going to continue this hot streak of one? Streak, streak, streak. Oh no, streak, I don't feel streak. any pressure. You can't Ooh, enjoy trivia if you feel you? the pressure. You gotta get number two now. Yeah. <laughs> Allie, you get are you inviting me to openly yeah. shit yeah. on the podcast? Yeah. <laughs> to get my wow. number two out there? <laughs> get mm-hmm. it out. Get it out. <laughs> today's episode is about talking stocks on the internet. And for today's trivia, this is a big one. So stay with me, okay? Found this amazing story about the very first telecommunications hack, which was done to intercept stock market data and make a lot of money off of getting market knowledge faster than anyone else. This is this is very related to this community that we are covering today. Uh, the very first stock market hack might sound like it's from the 80s or the 90s, but in fact, it was pulled off by two French brothers in 1834. <laughs> Get ready. The data that they intercepted was not exactly digital. It was transmitted via France's government semaphore system. Are you familiar with semaphore at all? Of course. As theatrical people, yes, you know that. No, what, I'm what just I'm kidding. Talking. I don't know what the fuck that oh, is. Okay. Yeah, what? <laughs> it's it, you. You will know it. It's like a person holding two flags, usually like on a ship, and it's like if you're holding your flat, your right arm up and your left arm out to the side that's like letter b or like it's a code that you can transmit across a distance if you can see each other but you can't talk it's called it's flag semaphore but oh that's cool is that like what they do for planes now but with lights probably not oh not ex- i don't know exactly what that those signals are for but this is like this is almost like a telegraph where it's like i'm communicating letters and numbers to you from far away and we don't have to hear each other or transmit any si- signals. It's just it's just flags. It's basically telegraph. Like it's it's transmitting symbols that way to transmit a an entire message. So in the 1830s, uh, France had a series of large mechanical towers that actually look a lot like cell phone towers. The operator in one tower could, I, I assume, like pull on ropes or chains, and the position of this metal contraption on the top of the tower would display a semaphore code. So for example, 
the first tower would signal the letter A, whatever position, not, not showing the letter, but like a, a signal for that position. And then miles away, the operator of the second tower would see that symbol and then replicate it and transmit that letter or phrase to the next tower. And there were like 500 semaphore towers across France at it, at the height of the system. Again, it's not electronic. It is literally just giant metal poles being like, hey, and then the next pole would be like, okay, we got it, go to the next one, you know? And this is a way for the Parisian government to transmit important messages, including updates about the stock market to other cities across the country. And this sounds tedious, but it was actually way faster in 1830 than sending a message by horse. You know, it would take hours, but it was a very efficient communication system. Interestingly, this semaphore telegraph system was only for government use. You could not pay to send any private messages. No companies could access this. And the system also, and this is key and I found really fascinating, it had <laughs> end-to-end encryption, which basically means the operators of the tower, the people doing the signals, did not know what the signals meant. Only the sender in Paris, like a government official, had a, like a decoding book to know what the messages were, and the per and then the government officials on the other ends at the various cities receiving the messages, they would decode the message, but the people in the towers had no idea what they were transmitting because the information was confidential. So. In 1834, Francois and Joseph Blanc, two bankers at the Bordeaux Stock Exchange, found a way to intercept messages from the Paris Stock Exchange before their competitors, thus capitalizing on early, basically like stock tips. Hey, something's going down, we're gonna move on it. They're getting the info before anyone else. How did the first hack of a telecommunication system go down. I have three choices. Are okay. you prepared? Wow. I love this. It's like a little history lesson. It's, it, and it's it was complicated, so I'm glad you, you, you bared with me during the explanation. A, <laughs> the third Blanc brother did not work in finance, but was extremely, quote unquote, troubled. We would probably diagnose him today as autistic. However, he had a superpower for cracking codes and delighted in watching and writing down the movements of the semaphore towers. Even though the messages were encoded, he found enough patterns in the data to deduce common words and phrases that were being repeated. He eventually created like a Rosetta Stone for this coded language, which allowed his brothers to intercept the messages and cash in. And the brothers famously did not cut his their, their genius brother in on the profits. That is choice wow, A. Wow, little dickheads. Dickheads. Bros. Choice B. The Blanc, some bros, some, just some finance bros being bros. The Blanc brothers B were uh, so obsessed with the government semaphore codes that they built a giant warehouse sized calculator, essentially one of the earliest computers to run as many permutations on the symbolic language as they could. They eventually cracked most of the code and manipulated the Bordeaux market but had spent so much money and time on the computer that they barely broke even when they finally were able to commit stock market fraud. That is choice B. <laughs> or is it C, the Blanc brothers bribed a government agent in Paris 
who had access to the secret code book. He, uh, the, the agent would then send packages of color-coded clothing to a second bribed agent in Tours, which was like the midway point on the chain. The clothing codes allowed the Tours agent to transmit early market data to Bordeaux, but remove these details from the official transmission using codes like, oops, I made a mistake, ignore that last part. So, uh, thus, like, transmitting the info, but erasing it from the sequence so that the government would not notice it, but the Bordeaux brothers would be like, yep, got it, we're good here, got the tip. Which of these is true? Wow, those are all pretty good, except the second one is so dumb. It seems like, duh, you're wasting time and money. You could just be doing something productive. But I'm going to go with C. What about you, Allie? Oh, I don't know. I think I'll go with A. Allie, baby A goes with A, Mm -hmm. the autistic brother. (laughs) Lindsay goes with C, bribing the government agents and the secret clothing packages. We will find out how the original telecom hack was pulled off in 1830s France after this commercial break. We would love to thank our Patreon supporters for giving us that dough, bacon, bread, and cabbage. Thank you so much to Wesley Cordell and Jerry Duran. You're worth all the money in the world, Jessica Fox. Thanks for sliding in that cheese, Kathy Phillips. You're a diamond, Matthew Scott. Melissa Elliott, thanks for those Lincolns. And you too for the Benjamins. William, they're not Benjamins though. It's only $10 or more. They're all Hamiltons. They're all Hamiltons. Hamiltons. They're all (laughs) Hamiltons. Yeah. And last but not least, thank you, Allison. Thank you for the money you gave to us. I want you to know that I was bopping hard over here, just being the backup, but they couldn't see. Patreon.com slash 2G1P. These are our Patreons. I love them very much. And just like me, they probably want to know the answer to the trivia. They want to know. They always want to know. how. always want to know. How did the first telecom hack in history go down? And I just freaking love this because, again, these are not wires. There's no electricity. There's no uh, data being... It's just big metal poles and but this was like the first telecom system it's amazing uh and they're still up there's a couple of them still up in france and it's pretty cool to see them uh how did the blanc brothers hack the first telecom system for financial gain on the stock market ali went with a the uh, third brother was a super super code cracker uh, probably autistic and he cracked the code nobody chose b that uh they built a giant computer in a warehouse to crack the code Lindsay goes with c the bribed government agents in paris and tours that were uh, transmitting the information via boxes of clothing everyone's sticking Stick it in. seems complicated and old-timey. Mm-hmm. All right. For the correct answer, I'm going to play a clip from one of my favorite YouTubers. His name is Tom Scott, who does a lot of research and historical and technological videos. I highly recommend him. And he hired a French uh, researcher to look at the documents because this story has been told and retold and he wanted to get to the bottom of it. And here is the answer. 
but there were a few arm positions that everyone knew, and those were reserved for control signals like, please wait, or backspace, I messed up the last position. So <laughs> now that the operators in Tor knew how the stock market had moved, they added specific, deliberately wrong signals and sent those down the line to Bordeaux. Then immediately they used the backspace signal to correct them. Whoops, sorry, just, just messed up there. But that wrong signal with the hidden message would still go down the line. It just wouldn't show up in the official transcripts. In Bordeaux, at the end of the line, the brothers paid another person to watch the semaphore tower for the mistaken signal, which gave them the news way ahead of everyone else. So essentially what's happening here is a bribed agent in Paris was communicating with a bribed agent in Tours, and that agent would send all the official messages, but he would also send basically like encoded messages to the brothers in Bordeaux, but he would also send signals that's like, wait, no, I made a mistake. Delete that last phrase that I just said. Here's the correct information. And the next uh, tower on the chain would be like, got it. We're not including that. But the information was transmitted. So the brothers knew the secret codes coming in. But the official government records would be like, look fine. And thus they made a ton of money from the stock market because they would know what was going on in Paris before anyone else in their neck of the woods knew. And they were caught and they went to trial and there were like literally no laws about hacking telecom systems on the books. <laughs> so they really, I think they had to pay, they had to like pay the court fees or something. But like after that, they didn't go to jail. They didn't pay. They kept the money because there was no way to prosecute because they basically invented a new form of, of crime and got wow. essentially got away with it. Dang. I am so glad because I was right. I the was right. The streak is alive. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Two for you, two. Lindsay. Oh my God, your streak. I would rather you have the streak than me get it right because I don't care. <laughs> but you do, and I'm here for you. What I'm hearing is we need to invent a new kind of crime, although that is mm. happening. This is what we're seeing with social media. There are no laws yet mm -hmm. over yeah. any of it. You're, no you're, regulations. You're exactly right. That's pretty much what's happening. You're Regulate right. the internet. Anyway, it's time for someone, maybe us, I don't know, to learn about how to make money. So Matt sent us this Medium article, How I Got Sucked Into a Discord Stock Trading Group and Made Thousands. Sidebar, we have a Discord, discord.gg slash 2G1P. Mm -hmm. Anyway, we are very <laughs> excited to have with us tech and culture journalist Omar Gayaga, who is now, I believe, a paid moderator of this Discord stock trading group. Welcome. Hi. Thanks for having me. Omar, I've never been so excited to talk to someone because much like many people in my generation, I don't have no kind of idea what I'm supposed to be doing to make my money make money. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. That's that's common. And and uh, I'm glad you want to talk about it because everyone in my life that I try to talk to about stocks like, oh, this thing happened on the stock market. They, they just walk away. They don't want to know anything about <laughs> my financial dealings. It's so boring. Oh, no. Yeah, that's also me, which is probably mm -hmm. part of my problem. <laughs> it, it helps to think of it like you're going to Las Vegas and doing some gambling. That <laughs> makes it a lot more fun. Another thing, Omar, all my friends know this about me. I hate gambling. Oh. I also truly 
get very anxious about games of full chance, which is a lot of gambling. And I'm like, I know, I, I know people in my life who don't, who really do not like to lose money at all. Like, not even like, you know, even the penny slots, if they go to Vegas, like if they lose $5, they get all bent out of shape. I'm like, stock market's probably not going to work for you if you're afraid to lose any money at all. Truly. Omar, can you tell us how you went down this wormhole and ended up in this illustrious discord group that we hear you are also a paid admin of now? Can you fill our listeners in? Yeah, this, this started uh, in, in a whole other place because I, I my career has been as a freelance journalist and I never got into any of that stuff, stocks, options, partly because I worked at a newspaper for 21 years and you were not supposed to do that, Like especially as a business reporter, a financial reporter, anyone who covers companies or startups, you are not supposed to invest in companies. That's just not a thing. Okay. Let me get this straight. So you're an underpaid journalist <laughs> and they want you not to invest in stocks that might make you money. Exactly. Well, if, if it's companies you're, you might write about or you might cover. <laughs> no, I mean, I get it. Conflict of interest. Yeah. It's good that you're ethical. I like it. Go on. <laughs> uh, well, my ethics kept me very poor for many, many years. <laughs> me too. Me too. Yeah, even stuff like like Bitcoin. I mean, I remember when Bitcoin was eight hundred dollars a Bitcoin, and somebody Ugh. tried to get me to buy some. I'm like, I I can't do that. That's not my thing. I'm, not, I'm a journalist. Fuck. Yep, yep, <laughs> yep, yep. But then a couple of years ago, I went freelance. I I took a buyout from the newspaper that I'd been at for twenty one years. I so I'd been just kind of working solo and and writing for here and there. And um, last year, right in the middle of the pandemic. I got really interested in this whole movement in the cannabis industry, this whole, you know, all of the weed stuff that was happening because uh, my girlfriend and I were traveling a lot. We were going to California and Denver and all these places that have legal weed. And we were saying, this is huge. Like, this is going to happen in Texas and other places, you know, like where we live and, and elsewhere. Why aren't people talking about how much, what a crazy big industry this is going to be? And why aren't people investing more money in, in cannabis? Because it's, it's going to be huge, you know, if where it's not, you know, legal already. So I got really interested in, oh, well, you could probably make some money just investing in some of those stocks of these sort of startup cannabis companies that are starting to emerge and they're all going to merge and, and acquire each other and turn into one, one or two big companies. So why not invest some, you know, like a thousand bucks now? So that, that was how this all started was me kind of starting to look at Motley Fool and all these websites like, okay, what would some good companies be to invest in if I got like a thousand dollars to put in? That was how this all started. And I found a couple of Canadian companies that were worth kind of looking at. And, and so I got, okay, well now I need like a stock account. I need some. So I started looking at that, like, okay, what are, who are the brokers that I can use? And are they cheap? Do they give you anything for free when you sign up? And that was really how I chose <laughs> what I got was like, <laughs> oh, they give you $50 to sign up for a year. It's like, okay, I'll do that. Uh, and it's free. Um, so I was looking to like the, the cheapest, cheapest asked way to get into the stock, market. <laughs> you know, penny stock that were like 29 cents a share, uh, and a free account. And like, just, I don't want to spend a lot of money. I have like, you know, I'm, I'm poor. I'm not rich. So that was how this all started. And I thought, well, I, my talent as a journalist is I, I can get information really fast. I know how to find things. I know how to search for stuff. I know how to look up a company and look at its balance sheet and decide, is this a, a shit company or are they actually, do they actually know what they're doing? So that I thought I would leverage that skill into something and then, and then also social media. So I was like, well, I'll get on Twitter and I'll see what people are saying and kind of vibe the mood of these stocks and kind of see how they're going up and down. I thought I'd crack the code <laughs> to make a lot of money on stocks. Did not realize that I knew nothing, uh, but, but that was how I kind of entered it. And I think in somewhere in being on Twitter and searching for certain tickers, these marijuana tickers, um, I think I stumbled across X trades. I think someone sent me a link or I just happened upon a link that said, Oh, there's a free discord where they talk about stocks all day. And I could, could just poke in there and see what people are saying. So I thought, Oh, I'll try that. I was already using discord for, for gaming. 
And uh, that's how I ended up on Xtrades. And that sort of changed my life was just seeing this whole community on Discord chatting about stocks and options. And that really has been like my education for the last year is just learning from these people who really know what they're doing and know how to chart and know how to follow this stuff. And, and they don't make money every single day, but they their hit rate is pretty high. Like they, they, I'm still learning from a lot of these people. Wow. So are you rich now? <laughs> no, no, no. no. I mean, that, that's part of the education. Is Are it? you getting there? <laughs> well, what's funny is last year when I got in was around this time last year, like uh, around October, November last year was when I started. We were on a crazy bull run. Like the whole market was printing money every single day. All, you know, all of the major stocks were just going and going and going gangbusters, all kind of recovering from that March crash uh, from COVID. And so like, it was hard not to make money, like any, pretty much anything that you saw going up that you just put some money into was going to keep going up and you, you know, you could take your money out and and make some money that way. So I was following these alerts on this discord and just making bank like every single day, like, you know, damn it. I wish we'd spoken to you then. Right. I know. (laughs) So, so I thought, well, this is just how it is. We're in a bull market. This is going to go on for the next 10 years. And I'm just going to keep making money. (laughs) 10 years. (laughs) Come February, March, that all stopped. (laughs) Like I I was up about, I think between four to $6,000 from an initial, initially I was only going to put in $2,000. Like that was my limit. Like, okay, I'm going to put in $2,000 and learn all this stuff and slowly more money from my bank account kept creeping in, you know, so I could make bigger bets. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, we call that a gambling problem. And then, um, <laughs> so eventually I think I, I ended up with $5,000 in my account to play with. And from that, I had made about three to $5,000 on top of that. So like it was a house money, basically I was playing with at this point. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, I can't lose. This is amazing. And then come February, March of this year, like a lot of that money started to to kind of dwindle away as the market kind of crashed and things were not as bullish. So I, I'm right now I'm sort of at a break even level and I'm, people on these discords will tell you all these stock traders is like, that's your education. You will blow up your account and lose a lot of money that is consider that tuition to learn how to do these things, how to, how to make money requires learning and some education. Wow. Can you tell our listeners what goes on in X trades? Who are the members? How do they interact with each other? What goes down in this Discord? Yeah, well, it's uh, this is sort of an evolution of a thing that started, you know, I think maybe it's something like ten years ago. There's a guy named Kevin uh, who who is sort of the the sort of mastermind behind all this um, that I that I'd written about in this story. Oh, and and the thing we didn't mention is that like all this turned into a story that I wrote a year ago about my experiences on this, and apparently people are still reading that story and are tra- and it's attracting traffic to X trades <laughs> like every month. <laughs> interesting and that's when they were like oh hey you did us a huge solid we're going to just give you a free account since you you know did such a nice thing for us and and you know and apparently they're still getting members just people from that find my story yeah i read it this week and now i'm thinking of joining <laughs> yeah so so kevin i i was very impressed with him and in, in the inter- i mean i did multiple interviews with him i chatted with him quite a bit and got to know his story and, and what he was about and he just really impressed me like and not just that he knows the markets and no i mean he's been to nfts now and crypto and all these other things and that impressed me, but also that he just seems to know human nature very well. Like he seems to know how people are going to behave in reaction to market moves and reaction to what's happening in the economy. Like he's thinking about things in a couple of different dimensions. That's sort of what impressed me about him was he's, he's sort of understands the human dimension of all this stuff too. And so Kevin, I think at one point was doing a, a sort of stock tips thing over texting, like you would subscribe and he would send you stock tips just over text. And then you would you know invest in your stocks based on his tips. Uh, that evolved, I think, into like a chat room. And then that evolved, I think, into like, you know, Twitter and other places. And they tried to build a website. 
And then I think Discord ended up being sort of the natural place for something like this because it's, it moves so fast and there's so much information. And so they're able to organize it in different channels. There's like a channel, a bunch of channels just for options, a bunch of channels for stocks. There's channels, you know, about, you know, longer term investments, off topic channels just for chatting and, and fun. So they've sort of built this community around the Discord, but then they're also working on an app and they're, all, and they're kind of revamping their website. So it, from what I've heard from Kevin, there is a kind of multi-year plan to kind of build this out into something much bigger than just a Discord. That that's from what I that's what I'm getting from from Kevin. Wow. <laughs> Did people just like filter into this Discord? How do people find out about what's really going on in there? Well, there's a lot of them. There's a lot of Discords like this. And I think what a lot of people are finding is that they try other ones that are very stock pumpy, like all they do is all day is sit around talking about GameStop and AMC and these tickers that they've heard about. And they're just like, oh, this is going to go to the moon. You know, we all got to put our money in. And, you know, like it's a lot of pump and dumping, you know, people trying to get other people to invest in stuff that they're holding. So the price will go up so they can get out of it. Like it's a, it's very pyramid schemey. And uh, so you, you come across these servers where it's just a lot of that, a lot of bros talking about, you know, yeah, yeah, my crypto's, you know, making me a millionaire this year. And you know, a lot of that. And I think what sets um, X trades apart is that there's a lot more diversity in, in the users. Mm. There's women for one thing, which is nice. <laughs> there's older <laughs> traders that have been around since before, you know, a lot of the online trading. I think there's a more a higher level of kind of discourse and maturity. There's more, less of less tolerance of like people just throwing around a bunch of emojis and, and rocket ships and stuff. It's, it's more uh, measured and people back up what they're saying with, with data. Like they, they will post charts, they will post analysis. They'll say like, this is why this is a good play versus just like trying to pump something up just by mentioning the ticker. So I, I find just, um, just all, people are back as a journalist. I appreciate that when people actually back up what they're saying with some data and facts versus just, Oh, I think this Tesla is going to be $1,500 next year. Like, that, that, <laughs> okay, why, you know, what, what makes you think that? And there's a lot of that on, on, uh, X-Trades where people will say, okay, well, you just said this. What do you mean by that? You know, what do you have to back that up? What, why do you think it's going to do that? And, you know, there's, there's nobody has a crystal ball. It's just a lot of educated guesses based on data. But I've been very surprised and impressed by kind of how well these people understand pattern recognition and what's going to happen. Like, I, I think they, they got a good beat on, on, the, on the markets. Nice. What I thought was really interesting from your article was when you described the moderation, mm -hmm. because... Something like this could be really subject to trolling or people who just don't know what they're talking about, who are sending bad information. Okay, so essentially trolls and misinformation like the rest of the internet, but it seems to be kept really kind of clean of that and was interesting to me also as a model for perhaps other groups. So could you tell us a bit about the moderation of X-Trades? Yeah, I mean, they have a, they have a team of people who moderate, and but the thing is there's so many channels that it, it's just hard for anyone to keep up with. So I think they have different moderators that sort of, you know, stake out certain areas like and they're they're sort of a mod channel where they, you know, that's just sort of internal where they talk about, oh, this there's some trouble brewing on this channel. Somebody might want to go check it out and, and take care of that. So it's, it's very organized in that way. You know, all the moderators sort of help each other and, and they're trying to, you know, but, but you do have problem users, people who are like, you know what, we've told this guy like 10 times to stop jumping in and just saying rug pull, you know, whenever like a stock jumps down, <laughs> they say rug pull, you know, and like that's, you know, it's almost like back in the commenting days of the internet where people would just say first there's a lot of that where it's like well we've told this guy to stop doing that like give some context say something useful um and he's just not just not responding to that so i mean there's a lot of talk about uh, how do we nudge this person to you know kind of be a better discord citizen someone who, who offers good you know posts good good stuff 
you know, they, they definitely don't tolerate abuse. They don't, you know, they, they kick booted people for, you know, abusive behavior or just, you know, just, you know, being inappropriate. What's different from this, from this discord from others is that it's a, it's a paid service. You know, people pay to be there. So then it gets into a whole customer servicing of like, well, you can't just kick someone off if they're like, you know, a lifetime membership. Uh, you have to sort of handle that like a customer service issue. Um, but they, they offer free trials. And that's how I got in initially was just like seeing what was there and, and finding it useful and then deciding to sign up for like a monthly account. Cool. I kind of want to ask who are the most useful and trustworthy members of your community, but I don't want you to like have to pick a favorite child. No, well, no, they know, they know who they are <laughs> and the users know who, who they are. I mean, there's a good, there's like, you know, five to 10 and, and they're ranked. I mean, they're, the, the discord has rankings, you know, you're like a first level trader, second level trader. Um, so these are the ones who are like sponsored, you know, level seven, you know, a guru trader, Ooh. you know, they're, they're ranked and, and they're, what goes into that is, you know, their success rate. You know, if you have good plays that consistently win, you know, and help other people make money, you're you're going to be higher higher ranked. Um, there's a guy named Wags who I think is sort of on the stock side of things, sort of the master. Like we we look at his plays every single day, and when he's not there, we're like, "Where's Wags? How are we going to make money when Wags is not here?" <laughs> uh, he's just amazing. He's so good at charting and so good at, at sort of breaking out these levels. I mean, he just I just saw it today he had a play on Netflix. He bought in, I believe, at maybe two or three hundred dollars a couple of weeks ago, and that is now worth eighteen hundred dollars. You know that one. I mean, plays like that where he just—he's just—it's it, sort of we haven't figured out his secret of how he's generating these plays that are just making so much money, and uh, we can't all afford to follow those plays most of the time. But uh, he—he's got a very consistent, very good track record, and the nicest guy. So people love him. <laughs> That's awesome. Super tangential question, Omar, but do you watch Billions, the Showtime show? No, I haven't, but I've become much more interested in, <laughs> in like Black Monday and these, these sort of financial shows, whereas, you know, I think a year or two ago, I would have had no interest. So yeah, I've become much more interested in shows about money and markets. It's almost like a Shakespearean drama of like a, a crazy capitalist hedge fund billionaire versus the US district attorney who's trying to like pin him down. And the latest season has a huge cannabis like they're all gunning for the legalization of cannabis and they're going to invest in this company that turns out to be xyz like well that that's a weird thing that's happened with me is that i sort of became the the weed stocks guru for the for the discord <laughs> just because i was the only one interested in these stocks and i was posting about them every day and i would do like a, a daily you know weed stocks update uh just saying what was happening in that in that sector and that sort of became my specialty so now whenever you know uh sundial growers or one of the you know or tilray one of the main um weed stocks comes up they're like oh ask omar he knows about that stuff like you know oh he'll chart it for <laughs> no, so i've become somehow the the marijuana stock guru of of the, the x-trades discord <laughs> totally so you use your real name uh i do most people don't i i mean i'm very transparent you know i everybody on the discord knows that i'm a journalist they all know that i wrote that story about the discord mm -hmm. and a lot of them are there because of that so i i use just you know omar g i just use my first name and but i think i, I the way i had it on the discord for a while was just omarg no one knew what that meant. Mm -hmm. And I just recently changed it to Omar G. But no, they, they know who I am and I don't try to hide it. You know, and I've, I've been very transparent too about just my ethical struggles with like, okay, can I invest in this company, but not that company because it might be something I might write about. So I, that's been kind of an ongoing um, struggle with me is like knowing what companies I should or shouldn't invest in just based on my continuing work as a journalist. So how many members are there now and how many paid moderators and there are also official analysts involved, right? Mm -hmm. There are people who are who are kind of on staff. I mean, they're 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 
you know, there are people who are helping develop the app or who are kind of full-time technically, you know, helping the technical side of things. There's analysts who are, who are kind of paid staff. And then the rest of us are sort of, you know, we get a, you know, we get a PayPal once a month of, you know, of like, okay, well, we ranked everybody and this is what your payout is, you know, based on the rankings. <laughs> and it goes into like a number of times you've posted and your success rate on, on the stock tips and things like that. So there's a whole formula that they have for that. Uh, but I, that number of people has gotten in the, I think the forties or fifties. I mean, it's a lot of people that are being paid out every, every month now and that are helping, but it, it's sort of like, we're not full-time staff. We're just sort of like people who are paid to kind of help and, and contribute and offer good stuff. And, you know, it, it's sort of definitely like the cream rises to the top, the people who are offering the most utility and posting the most and, and helping other people. They're the ones that are, they're getting paid the most. It seems like. So you said 40 or 50. Yeah. It's a lot of people. I, yeah. And then how many members? I think they're, I think they passed a hundred thousand, but I don't know how many of them are active because people will come on, do a free, free trial for a week or two and then decide if they want to pay for okay. it. You know, they'll come on or they'll create multiple accounts where like, oh, I want to do the free trial again and do that. So it's, it's hard to say, mm -hmm. but it's in the hundreds of thousands. Yeah. So Facebook needs about a billion moderators that are paid. Is that yeah. <laughs> the solution to society's woes? Human moderators. And they need to pay them all. It's like a very meritocratous system. It sounds like you have yeah. going on over there. It is. I mean, you can tell right away when people are giving, I mean, you know, there's a guy named uh, who goes by X Trades Options Guru. Uh, we just call him Guru, and you know he he posts these very high risk plays, and some of them don't work out. I've lost a lot of money on some of his plays that just you know on Amazon and other companies that just didn't work out, and people get mad when they lose money. You know, based on someone's advice, they get really mad at that person. So he's become a little bit divisive, where people blame him for their plays, but then the next day he'll post something that makes three or four hundred percent profit, and it's like, well. Are you get, can you stay mad at him when he just made you 400% on this other ticker? It's like, it's, it's very hit or miss. It's not a hundred percent, but he's someone who absorbs a lot of abuse because people are like, I lost $3,000 because of this play that you posted. You know, like people get irate when, when they lose money. So, um, they're very good about saying, you know, this is a risky play, you know, only take this play if you're willing to lose all of this money, if it doesn't work out. Wow. Three or 400%. That's, oh, that's a, mo that's a it, modest win. Like they're, they're, I've seen like 1600% plays. I've seen plays <gasps> that are just insane. You know, even today, right. As we're speaking, I, I saw someone today that, you know, that I missed out on that made like a ton of, uh, I think there was an Amazon play that, yeah, 209%. The Netflix play was 422%. Yeah. That, there's, there's some crazy successful plays that they, but then there's some that go to zero, you know, you put in two or $300 and then you end up with nothing. So it's, it's always a risk. And you're a paid moderator now, right? I am. I mean, I, I tell people like it's, it's not salary money. It's like, you know, enough money to make <laughs> up for some of these losses that I, have. <laughs> you know, I may lose a couple hundred dollars in a month. And then that, that, that check makes up for it. Um, mm -hmm. so it's, you know, it's in the three to $500 a month maybe. And, and I spent a lot of time on how much time. Who, uh, during the week when on market hours, probably, I don't know, three to five hours a day, just checking in and kind of seeing what's going on and helping out. It's, it's a lot, it's a lot of hours. Wow. Mm -hmm. And the analysts that are on staff, are they checking to make sure people aren't posting bullshit suggestions or, cause why wouldn't the just, why wouldn't the analysts just post what they think should happen? Like, how does that interaction work between sort of these amateur stock people and the analysts on staff um, the analysts t tend to have the the ones that they follow pretty closely the, the ones that they know how that, that ticker behaves you know they there might be someone who you know knows the tech sector very well and follows you know apple and amazon and netflix and, and just knows kind of how those tickers behave 
but you can tell right away when someone jumps on the forum and says, oh, well, I am, you know, I am a hedge fund investor and I know what I'm doing and I, here's all my tips. And then they don't work out. You, know, you can tell right away when they don't know what they're talking about or when they're just pulling information from other places like Twitter. You know, we, we tend to discourage people coming from like, you know, stock twits or other places post reposting information that they got elsewhere. It's like, no, we want you to, you know, learn how to do this, learn how to chart, learn what to look for, and then create your own plays, not just regurgitate stuff from other places. So I think everyone who's sort of at the analyst level, I mean, they're doing their own charting they're doing their, they have their own watch lists of stuff, their own um, tools that they use off hours that kind of alert them to like, oh, this one's, this, this ticker has got a lot of volume and it's moving and you should look at this. Um, sort of these uh, these alerts and signals uh, in their trading apps. So they they're, they have kind of a skill set and tools to kind of help them find th- those things and, and alert people. Where it gets really tricky is like, okay, well, this, you know, something just happened. I got an alert. This ticker's moving. How can I quickly engage in that trade, but then also post about it on the Discord so other people know about it? Sometimes by the time they post it, like it's already too late. Like it's already moved past the point where people would want to get in on it. So that that's always a challenge is that the, some of these things move so fast that by the time you post something and people see it, it's already like, it's already gone. It's already, you know, it's chasing it at that point. Wow. I wonder if this is like modern day storm chasers, you know, it's like, Ooh, this thing is bubbling over here. Let's all go over there and see it. And then maybe it's beautiful or maybe it's a disaster. <laughs> well, I'll give you an example. Last week we had this, um, this Trump affiliated, uh, ticker, uh, DWAC, the kind of his new digital platform that that's debuting. Mm-hmm. Well, that stock went absolutely crazy. I mean, when I saw it, when I got up that morning, it was like at, I think, 11 or $12. And I thought, well, you know, it, even at 11 or $12 seemed too rich for my blood. I was like, ah, I don't, you know, I'd have to buy like 50 shares and that's a lot of money. I don't, I don't have that much in my account. Eh, I'm not gonna worry about it. So next thing I know, it's up to like 15 and then 16 and then 17. And then we're like, okay, well, it's probably, it might hit 20 and then it's probably going to come back down. It hits 20, it comes back down and then it shoots back up. And by, you know, like, the end of the afternoon, it's up to close to $50, $50 a share. Shit. And that's when it starts getting into the psychology of it. It's like, it's never been this high. There's no, nothing historical you can draw on to say, these are the levels where it's going to hit resistance. So then you're like, okay, well, where could it stop? Is it just going to keep going and going and going? You know, people are pumping more money into it because they, they see that it's, you know, rocketing and more money's being pumped into it. And then I think at, at one point we kind of all looked at it and went, you know what? 50. 50 is probably where it's going to stop. That's a good round number. Psychologically, people are going to say, okay, I made my, you know, $50 a share and I'm going to get out here. And sure enough, at $50, like it, it went, you know, it immediately hit 50 and then went down to like 41. And some of us made money shorting it at, at 50. Mm. Um, and then it went up again. And by after hours that night, it was at $180 a share from 11 or 12 dollars that morning oh my gosh yeah and all day we were watching it all day we were like how crazy could this go and then then it, you know people are also thinking okay well what are the stocks affiliated with that stock that we could also get in on that are going to have that halo effect so funware which is an austin company that that has done social media for trump like okay well that one you know we got to get in on that one and we got to get on this other one so there were like four stocks that we were following that day and the next day that were all sort of in that same trajectory. So that happens sometimes where you'll have something break out 
and you know the FOMO kicks in and everybody wants to get in on it. Everybody wants to make money. I mean, people made tens of thousands of dollars that day on the Discord. I didn't because I, wow. <laughs> I don't make those kind of bets. <laughs> and, I, and I always feel like I'm too late and I'm chasing, so I don't get in on it. And then, you know, but at one point I did short it and made, I think, like eight, no, $80. Like, I mean, I, that whole day wow. of crazy movement, I think I made less than $100. People were making tens of thousands of dollars on, on, on these levels that we were posting. That is wild. Well, obviously, I hope that stock goes to six cents. Oh, I, yeah, I, I shorted it because I was like, well, I'm, I don't, I would feel bad making money on it going up. So <laughs> if I make money on it tanking like that, I feel better about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think the thing that is most intimidating to me about all of this is the fact that people speak almost completely in acronyms in the finance world. And it seems like in this discord and in your article, you had a phrase and then you defined the phrase and I still didn't understand. So you had STC, <laughs> SPY, 1126, 378C at 1.3 partial. Uh, that, that is selling to close SPY, which is an index. I don't even know what selling to close means. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, you buy to open, you buy a stock to open, you know, that, that uh, position. And then you're just you, selling it. Isn't it just selling? It. Why, isn't, selling it, why isn't it just buy and sell? Yeah. It's same thing. Same thing. Buy and selling. You, but so you, you can add also extra sell. words to make other people feel annoying. It's not cool if you just say no, buy it, and sell. It, you some... got to say, you know, flibberty gibbets. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's what's... Well, because, there's, because you could also sell to open. You could also be selling a stock and Wait, opening that way. Wait, how can you open you it be, you know, if, if you're, you're shorting selling a stock. it? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Lindsay. <laughs> uh, shorting is when you basically borrow a stock and, and sell it, and then you buy it back and keep the difference. So you can actually sell something that's you don't actually That's selling to open? That, that's, or no, that's, that's shorting. shorting. See, honestly, yes. I'm already done. I'm done. You know what I mean? I can't. Now I'm interested, but I will <laughs> stop being interested too soon to make money. So how are shorting and selling to open different? Uh, shorting is when you, you think a stock is going to go down or, or, or an option. So you're buying it. Uh, or you're, I'm sorry, you're borrowing the shares to sell them. And then when it, go, when it does go down, you're going to buy it back and then keep the, keep the money the difference. So you've made money on it going down. Mm. So sell it high, buy it back low, and you keep the difference. And that was what went down with GameStop. Exactly. Uh, and with the Trump, the Trump stock I mentioned, that where it went up to 50, we were like, okay, I'm going to get in at 50, okay. short it, and then at, at 41, buy it back, and then you keep that $9 difference for sure. Got it. So there's that. And then on the, the options are a whole other world, but you can also like buy stocks and then sell options on the stocks that you own. And that's, that's called like selling covered calls. Whole, whole world around that too. This makes me want to die. <laughs> what I have found though, people who sell you know, options or sell stocks are at such an advantage. Like you're sort of like, you know, I, I keep coming back to the Las Vegas casino comparison, but it's like, if you were the house, you were going to make more money than the gamblers. So if, if you're in the position where you can sell options on stocks that you own or you can sell you know short things it's like you're actually in a much better spot and more likely to make money than someone that's just blindly buying stocks or buying options <laughs> like it's better to be on the seller side usually most of the time well because Allie and i are the human embodiment of that brain exploding emoji i don't know what you just said i don't know i don't even know <laughs> i'm i'm wondering if this sort of conversation is why people invest in hedge funds so somebody else has to think about that and then they just make the money oh i have one of those guys too like i have a person that you know deals with you know my 401k rollover to ira that like it's handling my long term like my, 
all my money's not in this. Like that would be crazy. But I, I have like my retirement <laughs> long-term, you know, IRAs that some, that some guy is handling. And this is your gambling money. This is like money from my checking account that I'm like, okay, I'm willing to put this much as long as I'm breaking yeah. even or doing better. Like I'm not, I'm not willing to lose this money, but I'm also like, it's, it's money that's just going to sit in the bank anyway. But you have now taken out your initial investment. Is that true? Yeah. Well, it's, it's still in the account. It's to like get a break even. If I were like losing a bunch of money, I would have already quit by now. But I, it, I'm sort of still at a pretty even level where it's like, okay, well, this is still worth the risk of, of having my money in it. And, I, and I'm also doing some cryptocurrency stuff now. That, that's a whole separate thing. But really what's, what's turned me on about this, and it's definitely not making money because I'm not making a lot of money, is just the knowledge that, I'm, that I feel like I'm gaining. Like I'm learning so much and my brain is like a sponge that's absorbing all of this information. And that's really what's kept me in it this last year is just feeling like I understand the language now. I understand how to read charts. I understand how these markets are working and how they're being manipulated. Like that kind of opened up my brain in a lot of ways that I wasn't expecting. And that's sort of as someone who loves to learn, like that's what's been the attraction for me is learning this language and learning this subculture and learning how all these things work like that. That's what's kept me in it. Yeah, mom. And you said weed wouldn't get us anywhere. <laughs> Look at where it's gotten us. <laughs> so on that note, my burning question here is about the transmission of knowledge because this show is about communities and, and such. So I guess I'm wondering, like, why is it when someone has knowledge of a play, why is it advantageous to share that? Like, why is it good? What, what are the mechanics here? that make it valuable to trade tips and say, oh, check out this. Like, wouldn't you want to keep that info to yourself to get all the things? Um, it's, it's not, it's not zero sum game mm -hmm. with stocks. I mean, if, if everybody's investing in the same stock that actually helps the stock, like mm -hmm. if, if everybody buys at the same time, that actually pushes it up, which is what we, you know, a lot of people learned with GameStop was like, if we all buy this stock at the same time, it's going to pump it up and we're all going to make money and hold it. And, and nobody, hold, nobody sell it yet. Yeah where that falls apart is that there's also these, you know, hedge funds and, and, you know, kind of market makers, as they call them, that are sort of also playing that game and saying, hey, if we dump the stock, we can buy it low and then sell it back, you know, and then sell it later for more money. Like there, there's that going on behind the scenes too. Mm -hmm. What I'm finding on X-Trade is that these, these are people who are doing this every day. Like they're, they like being in a community. They like sharing their knowledge. They like, you know, they're almost like instructors where they're doing, you know, video lessons and saying, Hey, remember that NVIDIA play from yesterday? Here's a video explaining how I got that, how I, the X-Trace guru does that a lot where he will post a video saying, how did I know this was going to go up? Well, let me show you. And he'll show you the chart and how he saw it moving and what alerted him to getting in on that play. Like he'll do a whole video explainer of it. So there's a very big educational component on X-Trace where they are, you know, offering mentoring and they're offering lessons. And that's all part of the membership. Like they, that, you know, when you do a lifetime membership, you get mentoring sessions as well. But um, I think most of the people who do well on X-Trades, as far as the analysts, are ones who like to teach, who like to share knowledge, who like everybody to win together. You know, they, Wags especially, like, he loves it when people, you know, get one of his plays and then make a lot of money from it. Like, he likes sharing that knowledge. So I don't see a lot of people on there saying, oh, don't do my play. That's my play. You know, they, every, they're <laughs> posting it so that other people will see it and get in on it. I love that. That's fun. Have you experienced the mentorship one-on-ones? I haven't, but what ends up happening is there's a lot of direct messaging happening. I get a lot of people asking me, which I'm like, I, I'm the wrong person to ask. I don't make a lot of money. Yeah, that's what we're doing right now. <laughs> I will get people direct messaging me saying, hey, I'm about to do this. What do you think? You know, can, do you have a chart 
that you can do for me of this? You know, what do you think? Uh, you know, I'm getting into covered calls. I don't know how to do that. Can you explain it to me? So there's a lot of that, you know, one-on-one where people will direct message you and ask for things that they see that you're posting plays and see that you seem to have some knowledge. I've heard from some of the moderators that can be a little bit exhausting because they get flooded with, you know, WAGS is getting hundreds of messages all the time from people asking him to, to look at stuff. Mm-hmm. There's also some like, let's protect these analysts from all of this noise. You know, let's, let's try to keep them insulated from having to deal with that, you know, all the time because then they won't have time to actually do anything. Yeah. It's, it's an interesting community. I, I'm finding that, um, what will happen is people like me will start, you know, a year ago and then a year later, they're like experts. You know, the people learn really quickly and absorb all this information and then they become the mentors and the, the teachers. I love that. Amazing. So have any of you met in real life? Oh, I think some of them have. Some of the people on there have. I haven't met anybody in real life. I've talked to, you know, Kevin on the phone a couple of times for, for interviews and there's some talk of doing some sort of summit in the next year. I think, you know, with COVID, I think that sort of got sidelined, but people really like each other. I mean, as far as the mods and the admins, like they all really get along well. And I think there's a desire to, to meet in real life. I think everybody really is interested in each other's stories. And they started a podcast on the Discord that they've been doing. And I think that has, you know, people tell their trading story and how they got here and what, who they are. And that's really given people insight into the personalities and the people behind these accounts. And uh, so I think there's, there's a lot of interest in that and having some sort of convention or summit uh, to gather some of these people because they've all become very friendly online. Amazing. Wait, who runs the podcast or who hosts the podcast? Um, there've been a couple of, I think that one host started who, who has left the discord. Uh, and that was a whole drama. And now I think X trades guru is the main host, but they, they've kind of had a rotating set of hosts. I've actually, I need to tell them that I'd like to help with that because they, I think they've been kind of struggling to fill that slot, but, um, but they, they'll have different analysts come on each day or people from outside that are in the kind of trading industry. So it's, it's been, it's sort of like a, right before the market opens, they'll do like an hour long podcast in the mornings or, or right after the market closes. It's a daily podcast. I think they've been doing it. Yeah. Monday through Friday. And then there's also a Twitch stream uh, that a guy uh, named uh, 007 does on, on Twitch where he sort of analyzes after the market. Uh, he'll, he'll do a video stream kind of looking at earnings or looking at different tickers and, and, you know, monitoring the chat and what people are asking about. Wow. Huge community. And you're all, you know, in the little tubes that send things around the internet. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of components. It's hard to keep up with. It's wild. This was really a productive quarantine hobby for you. Yeah. I just started learning Spanish. That's all I did. <laughs> and Allie and I both pretended like we were going to learn the ukulele together. And then we did it. No. I learned to garden. I did I did some arrow gardening Ooh, and did some gardening. Just rubbing it. That was my other hobby. But... You're doing stocks <laughs> and flowers. <laughs> I probably made more money on the flowers. What's your best flower? Uh, I wrote a whole thing for Medium about growing cannabis in, a, in an arrow garden. Not that I would ever do that because that's illegal in Texas, but I, I have some knowledge of that, of how to do that. I, but you I did it. Tale of that. <laughs> uh, wow. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. Is there anything else you think we should know about this community? The thing I have found is that people come in with no knowledge. They have no idea what they're doing. They, they just want to invest in Tesla or something. And then they really do get an education if they want it. If they want to know more, all they got to do is kind of just hang out there and, and kind of, I had no idea what I was doing when I got in there. Like I thought I'll just buy a bunch of stuff low and sell it high. I'm a genius. And I had no idea what I was doing and lost, and lost a bunch of money, you know, betting on really bad stocks that I thought, oh, if I buy it low, it's going to go up eventually, right? No, no, that doesn't happen. Um, so for me to come in there with not knowing these acronyms, not knowing what was going on, like it was just patiently kind of absorbing information and kind of seeing who I liked and who I wanted to kind of follow what they were saying 
and eventually it all sort of clicked. So it, it was, um, I think for anyone who wants to learn this stuff, I think it's a good entree into it because if you try to read books or get on Twitter and follow stock twits or whatever, you're not going to learn anything. You're just going to see people pumping stocks. You're not going to learn the fundamentals or what actually goes behind this stuff. So I would in- encourage people to kind of join a community where people will take you by the hand and kind of explain things and be patient with you. And as long as you're nice to them, they will, you know, not think you're asking dumb questions. They will actually take the time to, to uh, guide you through it, which is what happened with me. I love that. Beautiful. Well, thank you, Omar. We appreciate all your tips. We will remain poor. <laughs> yeah, that's likely. Well, I feel just as financially competent as previous to this, but more hopeful that I will be able to figure it out one day. Honestly, this episode really confirmed for me that the easier, better way to make a buck is fetish work. Interesting. I was like, marrying rich. (laughs) Yeah. Fetish work. (laughs) Why not both? Really both. Um, But, you know, fetish work, you don't have to do the whole marriage thing. But I love that part. I know. We're looking for husbands. Don't forget to apply at 2G1podcast at gmail.com. I really like the applications we've received so far, but none are in the, what's the tri-state area equivalent for California? It's California. Is it California, but also... Uh, no, nope, that's it. Okay. The, the one state area. If you're in the yeah. one state if you're area in the of one Los state Angeles. Area, hit us up. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. What are you, you trying to date somebody in Arizona? Come on now. I don't know. Maybe Vegas. <laughs> Vegas isn't that far. Yikes. Fetish work. <laughs> that's Speaking just of so fetish can, work, That's Vegas. just so you can do your side job. <laughs> yep. Side hustling over here. Damn. Whenever I try to learn about finance, they just throw out so many things that really make me black out, you know? <laughs> but I'm glad that it's working out for some people on Discord. And you can join our Discord at discord.gg slash 2G1P, where we will never give you financial advice. <laughs> You're welcome. Our lawyers have told us not to do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah nothing, nothing, uh, nothing reliable. <laughs> yeah. He did say there were some people where it's really hit or miss, and that would be us, you know, but for us, it's just pure guesses. You know what I would invest in? What? Both of you. Oh. Nailed you it. Have. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. It's time to wrap it up. If you know what we should invest in, please tweet me. I'm at Allie underscore Goldie. That's A-L-L-I underscore G-O-L-D-I. If you want to manage my money, get at me. <laughs> that seems like a dangerous proposal. Can't be worse um, than me managing it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm at the Lindsay Life across all platforms. No one has snuck into my DMs even to say that they enjoy my smoothies that I've mentioned. So feel no, free you know to find me. I've had some listeners slide into my DMs and say hello, but not in a creepy way. They've like commented on my stand-up and stuff. So I appreciate it. Now you can slide into Lindsay's. Yeah, slide on over here. Slip and slide. <laughs> L-I-N- slide, T-H-E- slide, slide. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Sorry. Oh, okay. Useless nope, comments. That's okay. T H E L I N D S E Y L I F E across all platforms. And even more than slip and sliding right into those DMs, we would love for you all to call the phone number because guess what? It's just a place for you to leave a voicemail and we don't get a ton of them. So if you leave a voicemail, your sweet, sweet voice is going to be 
on the pod. Trust. Unless you send us something real fucked up. In yeah, which case, right. I'll listen to it on repeat alone in my room, but it won't be on the pod. Right. 347 871 That number again. 347-871-6-LIT. Leave us voicemail. Love hearing your voices. And, uh, ooh, Patreon. Okay, as you've just heard, Lindsay and I, we can't manage money, so please <laughs> give us... Yours. <laughs> Patreon.com slash 2G1P. Any amount is amazing. All right, that's it. We'll see you next time. Bye. Two Girls, One Podcast is hosted by Lindsay Ford and Allison Goldberg. Then divested of all advertising profits and reinvested in Beanie Baby NFTs. I mean, produced and edited by Matt Silverman in New York City. Additional editing by Avital Ayler. Production assistance is provided by the Podglomerate. This show is a production of The Daily Dot, the number one source for in-depth reporting about life on the internet. The Podglomerate. A Sonic Universe. Thank you for the money you gave to us.